back to another is that how we start this welcome back to another episode of tuxedo time where we wear tuxedos and it, and is, it is time, time. Some, podcast edition something edition something what's the edition today today is camera editions i'm just gonna we're just gonna jump right into this we've it's been a couple of weeks extra we're not gonna jump into this i'm gonna preface this by saying when we started this podcast we said we're gonna do it every second week but quarantine has been a time warp true I feel like one week goes by and actually it's been three weeks. So I'm really sorry, <laughs> listeners, if you're expecting this podcast, it's because I'm an idiot and don't leave this house. We're actually no the same age what now. Is. What? You and I. Oh, because of time warp? Are the same age. Oh, okay. I yeah. see. Time kind of stopped for you, but kept going for me. So mm-hmm. now I'm older than you. Yes. Correct. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Okay, today we're going to be talking about... Hold on, before you say that, what would you do if I went into a spaceship, approached the speed of light, and due to time dilation, came back, and you were a grandmother, and I was still the same age? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I would do. Would you still be intimate with me? I mean, yeah, if you look the same way you look now. Would I still be intimate with you? Probably <laughs> oh, not. I don't know. This probably is... be an old, disgusting, this saggy, is... wrinkly... I bet your butt cheeks are real cute, though. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, let's stop. <laughs> These guys don't want to hear about my old lady butt, cha- butt cheeks. Like, that's a visual nobody needs to have. Give me some of that old lady cake. Okay, okay. Not with that voice. <laughs> By the way, so, somebody said the word cake to me the other day on Instagram, and I had to Google it. That's she, how old I am. I didn't know what it meant. I posted a photo of my butt. <laughs> but actually, I didn't even think about it being a photo of my butt. Well, you posted a photo of a piece of jewelry that your best buddy gave to you for your birthday. Yes. And it was, what is that, like a, a pocket chain? It's like a denim chain. So my friend Lindsay, who, if you guys listen to Wins Food as well, she's, you know, one part of that four-person podcast. Lindsay is one of my best friends. And so she just launched her brand new jewelry company where she does chain mail jewelry and bracelets and stuff. And I don't really wear a lot of jewelry, but she posted a denim chain like a few months ago. And I was obsessed because I can get down with that. It looks like a chain wallet. Yes. But it's not a wallet. It's just, no. it goes from loop to loop. It's denim jewelry. Yes. Loop to loop. So I was like, I must have one of these. So she gave me one for my birthday, which was really sweet. Mm-hmm. And so I posted a photo of it on Instagram because I like to support my friends and I like the product a lot. And it had your butt in it. My butt was in it, but I didn't even really think like about it. Like a jeaned butt. butt. Yeah. Like I wasn't, not a bare ass. I don't do bare ass anything like on the internet, but I wore, I wore jeans and my butt was thirst makes the world go round. (laughs) Okay. Can we talk about what the, the people clicked on this? Oh yeah. Why are we doing this podcast again? (laughs) Today we're going to be talking about, um, the switch that we made from Canon to Sony because the R5 got announced. It's coming out soon. And people have been asking if we're going to be switching that if, if asking if I have any regrets and I realized that we made like five months ago we made a video about switching from canon to sony and just like never followed up like i never talked about my experience with the a7r4 um and so i thought now that people are asking about the r5 and if we're going to switch and if we have regrets i figured that this is a good time to talk about my experiences with the switch okay experiences so there needs to be some context for anybody listening who are not camera people mm-hmm. um so we're talking about video cam well video functionalities on mirrorless cameras and particularly sony the sony versus canon debate yes and we have always shot photos on canon mm-hmm. and then when video functions got added to dslrs we started shooting video on canon and then sony came into the mix with their mirrorless cameras 
and started dominating the playing field as far as features and value. Uh, so we ended up buying the A7S II in 2016, was it? Yep. I think that camera came out in 2015 and we still have it. So we're using like a five-year-old camera. Um, and the gr general gripe for most video people is that Sony, or sorry, Canon has been sort of watering down their products and compromising and just not staying with the times. Mm -hmm. um, and including their, when they came out with their their sort of debut into the mirrorless realm with the um, EOS R. Uh, I think it did, like, did crop 4K and, and things like that and something about you couldn't do full-fledged autofocus maybe. I don't know. I, I don't follow camera tech all that much if I'm not planning on buying it. So I don't, I don't know. This isn't a tech channel. Yeah. But we use tech, so therefore it's loosely related. When we started shooting video with the Sony, we realized it was a pain in the butt to carry two sets of lenses around. Originally, why I switched, I've already made an entire video kind of like a bit about our background with Canon cameras and why... I switched and not like a review on the A7R4, which is what I switched to, which we'll talk about shortly, but you can find that entire video on our YouTube channel at Becky and Chris on YouTube. And just to see like a little bit about why um, we made that switch. But but the crux of it was, is that we had two setups. We had a video setup, which was Sony with a full set of lenses yep. and a photo setup, which was Canon. With and a full set of lenses. Canon lenses. And it made no sense. It, it, became cumbersome to the point where when we would go on trips, we'd have to decide. And I think we talked about this in a previous podcast, but we'd decide if it was a photo trip or a video trip, which is not really a sacrifice that you want to make before you go on a trip. You know, like as people who make videos and as photographers, like you kind of want to do both, you know? And it was really driven home to me when we filmed Cold Island because we had one entire backpack dedicated to camera gear and lenses and filters and cards and batteries and one entire bag dedicated to the photo kit. If you don't know what Cold Island is, it was the docu-series we made documenting a trip where we flew the helicopter from New York State all the way back to Newfoundland. Link in the show notes. It became cumbersome. It was just, there's a lot, you know? And originally we thought, you know, we'll go Sony with the A7S II. We'll use adapters for our Canon lenses and everything will be fine. In theory. In theory. But if you ever try vlogging without autofocus, shout out to Cody Warner because I know he did that for a long time and, and <laughs> murdered it. Like he killed it. I just, I'm, I can't do it. Like, because I'm not an expert at pulling focus. You know, I also, before you keep going, I thought of Cody Warner earlier in this podcast when you said we were many meeting to upload every week. Mm -hmm. And I thought about what he said. It was, yeah, I had a podcast. I was doing daily for like 72 days. And then, the, you know, things are harder. Things are always harder than you think they're going to be. Yes. And it's so true. Everything it's in life. So true. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Including this. Like, in like adapting your lenses for a different camera. Yeah. In theory, it works. Yeah. But in practice, it doesn't really. Right. So I think what really, like the first little inkling of like, inkling? Is that a word? In yeah. The first little like seed that was planted in my brain was we were getting by, but we started filming vlogs for your work and we were in the procedure room and I needed throw. So I'd bring in the Canon 24 to 70 and the focus peaking on the Sony camera. So you like, put the 24 to 70 on the A7S, the Sony A7S II. I put the Canon 24 to 70 okay. on a Metabones adapter okay. on the Sony A7S II. Right. The focus peaking is not the most accurate. Like... It's accurate enough that you can kind of tell, but when you're adapting lenses it's and you're shooting at 2.8, mm -hmm. 
it can be difficult for a person who's not used to pulling manual focus. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, focus peaking is basically an artificial sharpening uh, that's applied to the image so that on the back of the camera, everything, the edges that are in focus look extra sharp and then they highlight them with a color. So you can sort of, you should see red little dots over things that are theoretically in focus, mm -hmm. in theory. Yeah. So I was missing kind of focus a little bit and that environment for shooting was very fast. Shoot here, look here, zoom in here, do this, do that, do that. Right, because we're, no we're doing procedures. We're not like going to redo a thing on a person's body just because you didn't get the shot. Kind exactly. Of so I really heavily needed to rely on autofocus in that scenario um, or reliable autofocus to really get the shot. So we ended up getting the Sony 24 to 70, and that was a game changer for us. And then we added the A6400 to our kit. Which is a crop body Sony mirrorless camera that does video. Mm-hmm. And we love Sony for video. They have everything that we want. And I should also say, by the way, like this is not sponsored by Sony or endorsed by Sony or paid for by Sony at all. Like obviously- No, we bought into the Sony ecosystem on our own accord here. Yeah, and got obsessed. So people have been asking me why. That's kind of why, again, if you wanna see that whole video, it's on our channel. But um, I reached out to you guys on Instagram to see if you had any questions about switching. Cause I do see that popping up sometimes. So what is your experience like? Has anybody ever switched from this camera brand to that camera brand? Um, and there's, you know, the, the classic questions. So I reached out, got a bunch of questions. So we're gonna answer them today. So first let's answer the questions about switching. The first question is what was the first thing that made you wonder about switching? So I kind of like- Depends on when. Yes. Um, and it depends on which switch because it was in stages as we just alluded to. I think that this is more so focused on the complete and utter switch entire kit from Canon to Sony. Right. Like when we made the switch, the decision to shelf Ooh, the 5D. That, and that was not overnight for you. That was a struggle for me. Me, I said ever, ever since the beginning, I said this doesn't make sense to keep two sets of lenses just because you like to shoot photos in your Canon. But you actually hated shooting photos in your Sony. I did. So here's the thing, I am a very sentimental person and not that camera brands matter, but I started shooting digital photography on Canon when I was like 17 years old. Like I grew up, my entire photography career was on Canon. So there's just a little bit of that something that was like Canon, my 5D has been with me through so many shoots and you know, That's I, true, I yeah. got used to the lenses and the quirks about the lenses and what lenses were good and what lenses weren't you great. You knew the gear like the back of your hand. Like the back of my hand. And so- and familiarity is always a big factor in this too. Absolutely. And for me, it's kind of, it was kind of like, why, if I know this camera so well and this ecosystem so well, why would I switch? It and it's working sense. for you. It's working. Yeah. Um, and when we got the A7S II, I didn't like shooting on a mirrorless camera, period. Because I didn't like not seeing real life through, through the, the viewfinder. Lens. Yeah, I didn't like not seeing through the lens. I hated seeing that digital picture. It just, it, it took away that like- The experience? Yeah, it took away part of the experience for me, <laughs> it, which is so dumb. And I liked the way it felt like it was- you just big. like an optical viewfinder? I do, yeah. And, and I still do, I still do. I have gotten used to it, but- So it was, a hard, it was hard for me, but I think it was definitely made easier because we got the A7S II and we're in that for video. And then slowly I kind of over three years got used to mirrorless cameras. Yeah, it was a slow change because you would be shooting. I mean, the camera you have out is what you're gonna start using. So we're shooting out shooting vlogs or videos and you need to take a quick snap, whether it be a thumbnail or just a photo in general. Mm -hmm. And you just snap off a few frames on the A7S II. Now that is a, a uh, 
it's primarily used, it's, it's geared towards video people. Yeah, the it sensor, can, it's a little more low, like what is it, like 12 megapixels? Or 12 megapixels, but yeah. it's made that way because the lower resolution, it just means that you have larger pixels, larger pixel pitch, um, larger size per pixel. Mm -hmm. And the bigger a pixel is, the more photons it can collect and the more photons means higher signal noise ratio. Photons. And that is why that camera is such a beast in low light because mm -hmm. the pixels are so big and it makes just each pixel so sensitive to light. Yeah, so it's a fantastic video camera. But Amazing the, in low light, but the photos... The photos are only 12 megapixels, which is the same resolution as the first generation Canon 5D. Exactly. So when you're used to like, what, what was the 5D Mark III, like 23 megapixels or something? Yeah, when which even now to, that by today's standards isn't much. Oh, it's much. silliness, yeah. When you're used to that, and like that look, like the the lenses like looked a certain way. And it, it's just like a completely different experience, you know, shooting on a DSLR versus a mirrorless camera, shooting on a video, more so video dedicated camera versus a photo. Yeah, I mean, the, the photos should still look the same they as far fine. as perspective. It's a full frame oh, yeah, camera. Yeah. So I should say what I didn't like was because we had that camera set up primarily for video. Anytime oh, yeah, the, we- The gamma. The ga yeah, anytime we did shoot off a photo, we never like um, we never turned off the picture profile, or you'd forget to turn yes. off the picture profile. So there's so picture then... profiles on Sony that allow you to shoot in certain modes, and basically there's one called S log, which creates a very low contrast image, uh, and it's made to compress as much dynamic range or squeeze as much tones into a scene for video because video you can't push the pixels around as much as you can in photos. Mm -hmm. Like once you clip something in video, it's gone and it looks like crap. Right. So when you're shooting log, you have to turn on gamma assist on your camera so that the clips on the back of your camera look pretty much how they're going to look when you take them and convert them. Add that them contrast back in and post. Exactly. Thank you. But when you're shooting photos with that picture profile turned on and gamma assist turned on, it doesn't look anything like what it's supposed to look in the back of the camera. All the colors are neon and super contrasty. But you also, the exposure is also messed up. It's all out of whack. Yeah. And actually, um, someone did an experiment. Was it Dunnett that did it? I think it was Gerald. Is it Gerald? What's yeah. It's Dunnett that did it. That's his actual handle. Yeah. Well, the picture profile doesn't make a difference to the raw file, but it makes the a difference. The picture profile does make a difference to the raw file, though. Uh -huh. that, was the, that was the experiment. Was it? I think we're going to talk about this. My mind was blown. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Cold Island was the straw that broke the camel's back. We went to Sony Camera Camp. I got to try the A7R4 before like purchasing, which was- Yeah, the last barrier for you was usability. I, I was afraid, I was terrified. Like, I remember I you saying like, camera. I don't know how the autofocus works. Yeah. I don't know how it works. I know on, and it's it was really, it wasn't necessarily how the autofocus works between vendors, but more so coming not only from one brand to another, but using a new generation of autofocus technology. Yeah. Like, you were like, well, how do I just select a point and then push the button and make it focus on that one point. Mm -hmm. But it's like selecting, like I would always select the focus point near the eye and focus recompose and fo yeah, focus you know. recompose, which yeah. is not the way to do it. No, but like now there's like eye tracking autofocus of like what new cameras have now. And yeah. we just weren't used to that. Right. And it's funny because some photographers really hate that because they feel like the camera is doing most of the work, which dude, there's no way you could shoot wide open on any of those lenses like we do now, I have yet to have an out of focus picture. The amount of times that I've missed focus on my 5D Mark III at 1.2. Well, you don't have a, if you're doing focus recompose, you're going to miss 50% of the time. Exactly. Like that's just the nature of focus recompose. Also that lens was, oh God, it's so, such a beautiful. But that's the other thing too, is that there is no 51.2 on the Sony. That's right. Yeah. 
they make a 51.4, mm-hmm. which is close, but it's not a 1.2. I just remember like shooting photos of you or you shooting photos of me and coming back and they're all soft, like missed focus. Yeah. And I have, we haven't, like you, if I asked you to take a few pictures of me now, all of the shots are sharp. Every single one. Every single one. Now, that's not to say that Canon can't produce that now because we're comparing old, like basically apples to oranges. Oh, definitely. Yeah. That, that's a 5D Mark III. Yeah. That's like old. That camera's like, what, like seven years old or something yeah. now? But that's what, that was our reality. That's what we were using. That was our Canon kit. Right. And the question wasn't, let's upgrade to get better autofocus. The question was, let's upgrade to consolidate our kit so we don't have two sets of lenses. Yeah, that's why I never considered the USR. Because it wasn't about the camera upgrade. It was about the kit. 100% the size of the kit. We're already deciding that we're going to... Yeah, the crux of the decision was, we've already decided we're using Sony for video because Canon's video functions aren't suiting our needs. Mm -hmm. So if Sony's photo functions can suit our needs, then it makes sense just to have everything Sony. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next question. Um, the next question is, how was the change between DSLR to mirrorless? And I kind of touched on this earlier. I think that the change was easier because we eased into using mirrorless cameras in 2016 with the A7S II. Then with the A6400, it was like I still had my DSLR, but I was able to use these mirrorless cameras as well and and kind of tiptoe in. You know what I mean? But every time you used your 5D again, you'd be like, oh my God, this thing's so fat. It's so fat. It's so heavy. Yeah. It's so big, you know? And I thought that's what I liked about it. But then when I went back, I was just like, it's too big. Like everything about it is just too big. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, yeah, that's, I think for me, um, the change, obviously I like, still like looking at the person through the viewfinder. I'm not a big fan of the digital viewfinder that's a thing that mirrorless cameras cannot fix because they're they don't have that they're mirrorless yeah um so that was difficult size much better it's definitely smaller it's easier for my hands and my weak arms yeah Um, when i first started shooting when i first started shooting photos in 2005 i shot with a canon 20d and i used to think like bigger was better so I bought like the battery oh grip. Oh my God, I remember that. It's like the battery grip, the big lens. Like you, cause you're almost like you're swinging your dick around. You know what I mean? Like, well, like as a new photographer, you thought, oh, I have to have the biggest, most professional gear ever. That's for the longest time. That's why I was like, I need the 1DX Mark II at the oh time. God, because so I was like, stupid. I, you're like, and it's really dumb because this idea of being a photographer, you, you kind of get it in your head. You're like, I need to flex. Yeah. I need need my big gear. I need to have the full frame camera. I need to have the battery grip. I need to have the 2.8 L glass. Like I had the stupid Sigma 70 to 300 that was massive. <laughs> and like, I, I would like extend it out. So it was extra long. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. The things we do when we're little. Hey, I know. Now we're, I'm just like, like teenagers then. Yeah. Now I'm like, whatever. I use like the entry level a 6400 and I give zero fucks cause I know it performs. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Next question is, um, do you use Canon lenses with the adapter or did you buy Sony lenses? So again, we talked about that. I haven't done a lot of tests with the A7R Mark IV with this adapter. Yeah, as far um, as we know with the A7S III and the Metabones, whatever version we have. A7S II, A7S II, sorry. And the Metabones adapter, it, it just didn't work. Didn't work. It's all manual focus, which is fine if you like that, but well, it's just not reliable. And what's it, the point in having like autofocus brand new Autofocus did tech- work. It's just that oh, autofocus was supported, but it's just slow as shit. Yeah. And what's the point of having like brand new technology, focusing technology when you're just like hindering it with yeah, not working. Jerry rigged adapters. Yeah. It just didn't make any sense. So um, we kind of, we, abandoned we, we tried it. it. We abandoned it. 
and just decided to go all in with Sony. Okay, the next question is, um, do you use the A7R4 for both photos and video? If I had answered this question two days ago, I would say photos only, but I just started using it a little bit for video and I really like it. But I, I did buy that camera specifically for photography. Right. We did a bit of non-scientific tests when we were at camera camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I know, I know a lot of people will say and kind of parrot the line that it's not a it's not made to be a video camera and the video files that come out of it don't look as nice as something that's made to be mm-hmm. a video camera. Like the a7 III, I think people were saying looks better. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I didn't really notice a difference. I did a little bit. I, like, feel, like the, I feel like the low light of the a7R4 in video might not be, I, you know, I'm not even gonna okay. say anything because I don't even know if this, this is true. Here's the thing. No camera that I've experienced so far can step to the a7S II in low light. True. Like, even the a7 III, when we tried it... It didn't do as good as the a7 II. I was like, what this... Like, there was a time where I was like, in this situation, the a7S II would murder this. It's when we were out in the cabins at night. Yeah. Pretty much lit by the moonlight. Yeah. And that you couldn't see anything on the back of the camera. So, the thing is, yes, the a7R IV, we definitely bought it for photos. I bought it specifically to replace my 5D, which was a predominantly photo camera. And the a7R has features. It's built to be a photography camera. So it has the flash sync port. It has other features dedicated as like a photo camera. And we also already had the a7S II, which was like a dedicated video camera. So that camera's like video first. And would perform in low light. Amazingly. Yeah. yeah. So a7S II, dedicated video camera a7R4 dedicated photo camera both cameras shoot photo and video if we need them to and most importantly take the same lenses and they take the same lenses and then the a6400 is just um, a nice little vlogging everyday camera it's light it's got the flip-up screen we like it and it takes all of the lenses right I would almost say though that the a7R4 even though we we've almost been I don't know if we've been avoiding using it for video I think I just like decided that this was my photo camera and I just didn't like yeah. the other cameras were for a video. But it's like so a very capable camera. Very much. Obviously, it's not a dedicated video camera, but aside, I mean, I will almost say that the benefit of keeping the A7S II in the kit for the odd time we're filming in like pitch black mm-hmm. is far outweighed by the fact that it misses focus more than the A7R4 True. with the new eye, eye tracking. Definitely. I think there's a time and the place for both, but the cameras are so small that even bringing the A7S II body. Right, two mirrorless bodies are still pretty small. That's it's probably as as much as like what the five D was on its own. But um so we did start shooting a little bit of video on the A seven R four. The autofocus is insane. It's so good. And getting back that one point four, like twenty four one point four on a full frame camera for video with reliable eye autofocus. Oh yeah, because we've been using primarily the because yeah, we, we we sort of slowed down using the A seven S two because of the autofocus not being uh, as reliable mm-hmm. they went to the a6400 as we bought as a backup or a second a b camera right which is a crop body mirrorless camera mm-hmm. and then we end up starting use that use, start, we started using that as our main camera well the autofocus was just so good it's more way more reliable way more reliable and it's yeah. so tiny but now the a7r4 is full frame has the look you like because of that and nails autofocus in mm-hmm. video yeah so it's maybe we should just start using that for video yeah i was thinking that I might replace it as my like main, when I use the A7S II, I'll probably use the A7R instead or use that as the main camera and use the 6400 as a B cam. Mm. And then the A7S II would end up being the C cam. Anyway, this is not interesting. Nobody cares about More, that. Moral of the story, we're camera nerds and yeah. this is all jargon. <laughs> like we are, but we aren't. That's the thing. 
Okay, well, let's move on to the next question. Okay. Um, do you miss anything about Canon gear? Um, yes. I miss seeing my subjects through, through the, the lens. lens. I miss the 50 millimeter 1.2. That lens is a glorious, flawed piece of glass. I love it. Flawed? Yes. Soft. Oh, yeah, like on the corners and stuff. Yeah. Just, but, yeah, but, you shoot but open, magic, <laughs> but magic. I love that lens. So it's a nice I, lens. Almost to the point where, like, the missed focus sometimes pissed me off, but sometimes it worked. Yeah, for a technical person, I know, but like sometimes I just <laughs> liked it. So um, there's something else that I liked about oh, um, the one other thing that I really miss about my 5D is being able to shoot a photo while recording video. Oh, yeah. You used to be able to just hit the shutter button and it'd snap off a frame. Yeah. It would glitch the video a little bit. It would. But you could keep filming at least. Right. Instead of having to like stop recording, flip Change modes. the dial. Yeah, because you can't, like when you're in video mode, you can't, can't shoot photos. No. no. That's, you, you did touch on though earlier about the Canon 51.2. Mm -hmm. um, that lens isn't just the only lens that they have that Sony doesn't have. It's there's like Canon has such a large selection of lenses mm -hmm. where Sony's lineup is a lot smaller. And wh what I think you miss is like a lot of those specialty lenses. Yeah. Like the one offs that, you know, you may not, that aren't common, mm -hmm. you know? Like I don't think Canon has any like, or not that we use tilt shift lenses, but there's no like Sony tilt shifts as I know that I know of. No, I mean, we have some lens babies with the Metabones adapter that are manual focus anyway. Right. But like. Yeah, but just, yeah, but like the, the ultra fast primes, mm -hmm. you, the fastest you're getting is 1.4. You're 1. making 4. me miss it. Stop, you're hurting my feelings. <laughs> you're making me miss it. Oh. But I don't have any of those lenses except yeah. for the 50. The 51.2 is really the only one that, you used in your main lineup that's not replaceable by sony glass but with yeah. that said the sony 51.4 is delicious and yes. especially on a setup that will nail focus every time yeah it is delicious i do find that i don't like it as much as the canon 50. 1. well you're 2. comparing 1.2 to 1.4 and that's just it's just i know lenses. it's different and it's just like i said flawed. i bet you would like the sony 1.4 better than the canon 1.4 yes probably it is sharp yeah it's just it's just silly little things. And I also think too, like when I picked up that Canon 51.2, I feel like that was a huge pivot in my photography style as well. So there's a little bit of that sentimentality there as well. You know, like that's when I started really focusing on my portrait project that I was working on. I went to New Orleans and did that really like documented. The Katrina rebuild Katrina stuff. Katrina stuff. And I used, I bought that lens specifically for that trip. Mm -hmm. And I think I shot some of my best work down there. There's like a, a handful of photos that I'm still very pleased with that I shot down there with that lens and actually with the 16 as well. But anyway, I um, I think that lens is just special for that, whatever reason. Which one do you like better? Because you have a 24 1.4, both the Sony and the Canon L series. Which one do you like better? I feel like I didn't have enough time with the Canon 24 1.4 to really be able to say like one's better than the other. I haven't really been able to notice a difference. I think Sony's technically is better. I will say that I prefer the photos that I've shot with the Sony 24 better, but I don't know if it's because I like it better because the camera is also more reliable. Yeah, you're hitting vo you're hitting focus every time. Yeah. That like I will say like that lens has not come off my camera. No, you love that. That's probably I your favorite love lens. It. It's my favorite. Like I went from being obsessed with that 51.2 on the Canon to being absolutely enamored with this 24 1.4. But anyway, let's move on. I keep answering these questions because 
You're the one using the gear. Yeah. I'm just commenting here, kind of interjecting random tidbits. You know, I really miss when you used to shoot photos. Like you and I kind of shot photos of your cake the other day. Yeah. Because I asked you to, but, um, shoot my ass. I didn't say that. I said, can you shoot my jewelry? No, actually I even offered before you even asked. Yeah, you did. I'm a good husband. You're a good husband. Remember when we used to go shooting together? Like you were the photographer. No, we no, both were. You were the photographer. Yeah, you're right. You were the video guy. But we used to like go shoot photos. Like you used to come home from shoots. Like you have your own clients and shit. And you come home from shoots with these absolute bangers. Like you'd be seeing shit that I never ever saw. Your eye for photography is on another level. And I'm just so sad that you don't do it to the level. That when am I going to have time? I know you don't have <laughs> but time. But thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, but you were, you were very, very good. Next question. Okay, here's here's an interesting. I'm gonna put my transparency hat on for this for this. Transparency hat. Okay. Okay. B travels the world. Ask how do you rationalize the cost of new glass? Transparency hat is going on. Okay. I still have from Johnny Harris. <laughs> yeah, I did. I still have from Johnny. Um, how did I rationalize the cost of new glass? I've been shooting photos for a very long time. We've had a business for a very long time. And long. even before we had a business, mm-hmm. we were kids working jobs to slowly save up for a glass right. and lenses and gear. Right. And a lot of our Canon lenses date back to when we were teenagers. Correct. So yeah, a lot of that, that glass we collected over time and, and slowly saved up and purchased. But now, you know, financially, you know, we're older. We're kind of financially doing well. We old. We're old. And so I feel financially able to... and. I'm thankful and lucky and and feel very grateful to be able to do this, but I feel financially able to just say, I need this, this gear and I can buy it. But it's also a business expense. But it's exactly, it's also a business expense, which is the biggest, like the biggest reason I can rationalize it. Cause if it if I didn't have a business and I wasn't making money from this, I would have a lot of a more difficult time spending that much money on camera gear if I wasn't making my money back. So when I buy camera gear, like, that camera gear makes me money. It pays itself. It pays it it, for itself. Exactly. So that's how I can rationalize it. I can write it off as a business expense. I use it every single day. That gear makes me money. And that's how I can rationalize it. But when we started, like like you said, like we, I would work my... I'm, I remember when I was like 16, 17 years old and I had a dream list of gear. And I couldn't afford any of it. So I had a list of the things that I wanted. And I worked my tail off at the pool and I saved up every dollar that I had. She's a lifeguard. I was a lifeguard and I saved up every dollar I had and I slowly picked the gear off the list. And I think there were, you you gave me a couple of things for my my Christmas gifts and birthday, like, because you and I were sharing gear at the same same time too. So you would buy me a lens, but that lens got used by both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And over time, that's just kind of how it happened. And then we'd work more and then we get the camera gear and then we do a freelance job and then we could buy another lens or upgrade our gear. And so that's just kind of how it went for a long time. Um, And I understand that not everybody is able to just say, hey, I'm going to switch. I'm going to just like spend all this money on new gear and it doesn't matter because it does matter. The other option is too, like if you do want to switch, you can still, you can sell your other gear and slowly acquire new stuff. Um, I just, I'm, I feel like we're lucky enough to just be able to say, no, nah, we need it. It's yeah. an expense. Our, our 7200 is from 2006. Yeah. A lot of our Canon glass is like first iteration Canon. Like yeah. the 16 to 35 we have is like the first one. Most of our lenses one. are over a decade old. Yeah. Which the, is crazy. The Canon 24 and the Canon 50 are the newest that we have and everything else is probably 10 years old. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. But anyway, so that's my transparency hat. I just wanted to like, I'm not going to tiptoe around it because that's how it went. Will Strathdee. I'm really sorry if that's not the right handle. 
Um, would you have made the switch if you didn't have Sony for video already? If I wasn't shooting video, I would not have switched. I don't think. Well, you... I wouldn't have had a reason to. I think there's two different hypothetical scenarios here. So hypothetical scenario one is you not switching because you didn't know how good the newer gear was. Mm -hmm. But hypothetical scenario two is what if you could know how good it was, would you still switch then even if you weren't shooting video? Well, here's the thing. If I wasn't shooting video and I was going to upgrade my camera, I would have given the EOS R a chance. Also, I probably would have also considered the 1DX Mark III if I wasn't shooting video because the whole switch was, like I said, the size of the kit and also the size of the camera. But if it was just for photos and I was just carrying around that kit, like I probably would have tried, I don't, I would have tried the other Canon cameras that are out there because that was the ecosystem that I was in. Right. So if you take video out of it completely. You would have taken the lenses out of it completely that you had from Sony and therefore there'd be no reason to switch. Correct, exactly. Gotcha. Like really the, because Sony was such ahead of its time with their video cameras and we got into doing video with those Sony cameras, that was the seed that was planted for me to switch in the first place. Otherwise, I don't think I would have. Hey, Jeremy is asking, how is the shooting experience, shutter, sound, feel, ease of use? Um, aside from the digital viewfinder. <laughs> Let it go, Peckham. I, I can't, I know. <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. It's only been five, seven months. Um, it feels fantastic. I like the size. I want a battery grip because I find shooting vertical is hard because the grip is smaller. Shooting horizontal is completely but shooting fine. vertical on even a full-size DSLR without a battery grip is still going to be hard it's with hard. your wrist cocked sideways yes, for prolonged then, periods of time. Yeah, and then put a heavy lens on that. Yep. It's hard. So I think I'd like to get a grip, um, but I'm kind of afraid it's going to make it big. You trying to swing your camera dick around again like you were when you first started shooting? Yeah. Gotta have the battery grip. But don't grip. we all? Like, are, like, Gotta have the battery grip. You did too, don't lie. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you were also... like, you had your death lens on your v, the VX2000 and shit. And you're yeah, like, but I needed that. Yeah, but you were swinging it around. Well... You were like, I'm the filmer. (laughs) All the BMX guys got them. I got to have them. No, they didn't. No. Okay. But anyway, what are we saying? Swinging your dick around. Yeah. Um, The shutter sound is great. It's fine. I never think about the shutter sound. I I used used to. to. I used to. Back in the day when I cared about the equipment being big, (laughs) I used to listen to the shutter. uh, DPReview.com was what I used to like, um, I guess there was just like these in-depth 20 page camera reviews mm-hmm. I would scour them. Yeah. This was again, 2005. And I remember like listening to the shutter sounds that they recorded. Do you know, I think the reason why I'm like the way I am is because of you. <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? You listen to the shutter sounds. Yeah. You're probably the reason why I cared about like having big dick camera energy. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. You're also the reason why I will not shoot the incorrect shutter speed when I'm shooting like 24 frames per second. I used to second. impersonate the shutter sounds too. Yeah, I remember. That was good. That was like a Nikon. Pachik, pachik. That was the Digital Rebel. Oh my God, I remember because I had one. The original Digital Rebel. That was the 1DX. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Cool. It's got weird real fast. Yeah, it did. Tobiwee27. Isn't the Canon much more comfortable to hold in your hands? Question mark negative no it's really heavy and i'm pretty weak and so shooting for a long period of time like i remember going to a shoot and be for like an hour and i come home my arm be hurting but again this is our old blunderbuss cannon yeah 
the, probably more apt comparison would be the R, the OS R. Yeah, I've only held that camera like twice. So I've I never held it before. Yeah. So I can't compare. Yeah. compare. It's fine. It's not uncomfortable. The A6400 is harder to hold because it's so tiny. Mm-hmm. For video, it doesn't matter. But for photos, it's like, beep, you can't see me. But a little, little pinner, pinner dick it's like camera. A pinner, yeah, a little tiny pinner. But it's fine. Um, okay. Donna did it. Asks, how annoying was I in bugging you to switch? <laughs> Anytime there's like a camera thing, I text Donna immediately. Did you see this? What do you think about this? Today I said, do you have any Sony macro lenses or Sigma macro lenses? Like, like every conversation I have with Donna is about gear. Um, it's really funny because you're not a gear head. I am and I'm not. Like, not to the point that, like, I feel like him and, like, Gerald are bunch of dorks but <laughs> i love you guys <laughs> but you know it's nice to have a friend who's like knows about that stuff and you could talk to about that stuff i mean we talk about a lot of other things too but um anyway so yes he was not annoying because he's not annoying he's fantastic but he definitely was helpful in the process he was the reason why i even considered getting an APS-C camera because he's shot primarily when him and i became friends he was shooting primarily on APS-C cameras let's not lie here i mean we were drinking the full frame kool-aid too listen you're right, but also, I still prefer a full frame camera. Oh, definitely, no not doubt. Not because of the no clout doubt. that it gives you or no, whatever. No, no doubt, no doubt. It's not big dick camera energy, but, but- <laughs> <laughs> I just the look. There is a look. There is a hundred percent a look, and I can tell when BDC. I shoot photos with sixty four hundred and compare them. But yeah, BDC is that what you said? Yeah, <laughs> I just spell it out. Um, okay, so with that said. Um, we're going to just take a really quick break. And then after the break, we're going to answer the juicy questions about bad color science, terrible menus, if we're going to be R5. switching to the R5 when it comes out. Canon EOS R5. Dun, All right, dun, we'll get into dun. it. <laughs> Suspense! One thing that I always continually see whenever the topic of switching to Sony comes up is color science and i'm doing air quotes right now so for my my gripe Uh okay here we go we got a rant we got a rant everybody we got a chris nicholas rant do we have a theme song for the chris nicholas rant we need one what should it go like (laughs) somebody's wrong on the internet somebody's wrong all right well anyway no it's not it's not so much so much a rant but um it's a rant Okay, it's random. <laughs> don't lie. I, don't kid yourself. Okay, anybody who says, I don't like Sony color science, I would just go to them and just posit the question, tell me what color science is. And I guarantee vast majority of people would not be able to answer the question. Would I be able to answer the question? No. But here's what they would say. They would say, I don't like the colors coming from the can- the Sony versus the Canon. It quote unquote just looks better on Canon, which is a bunch of subjective bullshit. And subjective bullshit is not science. That is my rant. Welcome to my TED talk. How are you going to say that and just say you don't you couldn't d- define color science? Like Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines color science as well. It, they're trying to put a technical label on the reason why that they just they subjectively don't it's like they're engineering a the problem for what they've already for for, for their what they've already come up with as far as the they've made the conclusion. decision based on what they've they, heard from other people without their having their own experiences to judge it on regardless of what they made the decision they've already made the decision and then they're retroactively fitting this color science thing to it 
to support their statement that they should have just said in the first place is, I don't like the colors out of Sony, or I prefer the colors out of Canon better mm -hmm. because it looks quote unquote better, which is subjective. Yeah. But you can't just say, I like the color science and not really, it's, it just, it seems like a cop out and it just sounds like people are trying to sound fancy when they really just say, I prefer the colors in this. And I would then argue, why do, they, why do you say the colors look better out of Canon? Because mm -hmm. better is completely subjective. Yeah. Honestly, I think that they look different. Yes. I always think like, are you saying they look better because somebody who you respect in the photography world said they're better? Oh, that's that's the 100%. Or is it because you actually do think they look better? Because they are they are different. And I do like the colors out of Canon, but I don't think that you can't get good colors out of Sony. Yeah. What was what, So what's your experience been then? Because you, you're the one who uses the cameras and had the most have the most experience with using the cameras since we made the switch mm -hmm. um would you say that canon colors are better than sony colors i don't think they're better i think they're different i think that canon was it hard for you to switch them though i thought it was going to be hard because of what everybody was saying and i did find that the colors from the a7s2 photos were more difficult skin tones i do know that sony made significant upgrades to their quote unquote color science in the newer cameras. <laughs> um, and you can tell that when you're color grading S-Log footage from the A7S II and the A6400, there is a difference in skin tone color. Um, specifically for photos, it is different because all of the presets that I made for my Canon photos work on my Sony photos, but the skin tones are completely different. So all of the ones that I made for Canon, when I put them on my Sony, the skin tones turn really pink. But I know how to use Lightroom, I just, so I can fix it. I was just it. gonna say, it's like when I would read reviews for lenses, yeah, and they would say, "Oh, this lens has a slight magenta cast or a slight green cast." You can white balance. Like, is this even relevant? Yeah. Like, this isn't. We're not shooting film anymore, guys. This yeah. is digital. You can literally. You have so much control over the image. Mm -hmm. A slight magenta cast ain't gonna make a lick of difference. No. And that's why I feel like people when they say, "Oh," Uh, the colors out of Sony uh, aren't as good as Canon. It's like, you can make the colors whatever you want. It's just that you are more used to editing Canon files. That's exactly and therefore, it. your process now doesn't have the same intended outcome when you're editing Sony files. Yeah. So you need to figure out what you need to do differently. And if the, if the script was flipped and you started shooting on Sony and you developed your skills and your style based on Sony hardware, mm -hmm. and then you switched to Canon, I guarantee you'd have the same argument saying, oh, I just like the colors on uh, Sony better. It's because they just look better and I can get better results easier. It's like, it's because you are not used to it. Now that was a Chris Nicholas rant. All right. Okay. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I love it when you get juicy. Um, I don't want this to come off elitist. So yes, there is a difference. Is it detrimental? Absolutely not. If you know how to use Lightroom, you can fix it. I spent 15 years shooting on Canon cameras. It took me one week to get used to Sony colors. One yeah. week because I know how to use Lightroom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to challenge anybody to go through my Instagram and pick where I switched because I bet you cannot tell. No, definitely not. I bet you can't tell. And the funny thing is like when I, I, we'll get back to the questions in a minute, but the funny thing is, is when I announced that we were going to be switching from um, Canon to Sony, some people in the comment section thought that we shot all of our videos on Canon. Right. Because 
they didn't realize what, what, when we made that video, we meant it for photos because we, we had already been shooting our entire YouTube we switched, channel to Sony. We switched to Sony back in like 2016 right. for our video. So we've been using Sony video cameras since 2016. Mm -hmm. So there were some comments who were like, good luck with your colors. Your videos are going to look like shit. And I was like, <laughs> um, we've been, this, all of our videos have been shot on Sony. <laughs> Like it's just it just makes just, zero sense. And they, it's just they like, said oh, it in the most like condescending tone ever. Yeah, it's like, like you'll be back. It's like um, good luck. You'll be back when your videos start looking like crap. It's like mm, it's like mm, we've been shooting these this video include inc all our videos, including this one, have been shot on Sony. Yeah. Try again. <laughs> okay, so getting back to the questions, Misha Ristov. Can you address the difference in the colors between the cameras and then? Uh, Sol Selenum's Shutter asks, do you agree with this whole Canon color thing or does it not matter? So I think, I think we, we answer that. I think we beat those ones yeah, to death. It doesn't matter. We don't believe in it. No, um, we believe they're different, but we believe better is subjective and mostly related to what you're used to in editing. But agreed. especially the problem is, is that when kids or when people are new to a uh, new to this realm and they don't have the experience, they're just going to drink the Kool-Aid of what all the pros, mm -hmm. quote unquote, are saying that, oh, the can the Sony color science sucks, when that's based on the experience of the, the pros have. But if you don't have experience with either. Yeah. Here's the next thing. We're going to be talking about Sony menus. I have opinions. I have major, major opinions. Major. Major, major opinions. <laughs> Digoc 0910. Okay. Do you like Sony's menu system? I think it isn't practical at all. She's about to unpack this shit. Spill it. What's the tea, Peckham? Menus is all about what you're used to, just like color science, okay? <laughs> the Sony menus, yes, they're in-depth. There are a lot of them, and they are complicated when you first look at them, especially when you switch camera brands when you're used to what another camera brand is showing you in the menus. I was overwhelmed with the Sony menus when I switched when we yeah. switched from Canon because I was used to the Canon menus. Exactly. They are overwhelming. There are a lot of them, but I do not think they're impractical because they give you so many options to customize your camera. A. B, I switched on my 5D for the first time in five months to go back through the menus and format a card. And it was just as complicated as when I switched to Sony for the first time. Oh, interesting. Where is the format going through all of the menus? And then I realized like, it's literally like a different design. It's like it's a different font. It's frustrating when you don't you're not familiar with whatever you're not familiar with it's frustrating exactly and you know i'm still getting used to the sony menus like the other day i couldn't remember how to program my one and two wheels uh, i had to google it but i mean that's like anytime you switch to a new camera or phone or computer or app or anything like you're gonna have to google how to do things yeah so i mean i, I just say like the menus are practical are they confusing a little bit sometimes. I think any menu on any new camera is going to be confusing. Yeah, but it's it's this trade-off. You've got this spectrum where it's two competing forces of degree of customability, mm -hmm. uh, customability, degree of customization mm -hmm. versus simplicity of menus. Right. It's like you can have one, but you can't have the other. And one and one side, if you stripped them down and made them more quote unquote user friendly, people would be missing features. Mm -hmm. And if you pack all the features in, people complain because there's they're too complex because there's too much. Yeah. And I'd rather for the odd time you really have, like how often you're really using the menus. You put all your favorites in one tab and that's all the stuff you always use. Mm -hmm. Or you put it, assign all your most used functions to cus all the customizable buttons. Yeah, that's the thing. Like when you take any camera out of the box, like you really do need to 
read the fucking manual and set up your camera to be user-friendly to you. Like, you don't just take it out of the box and start shooting with it. I mean, I'm sure people do that, but anytime I've ever gotten a camera, like, I have to set it up. Like, there's certain buttons, like, certain quick custom buttons that I need to have that have certain features, certain focusing modes, certain picture profiles, certain buttons that do certain functions, like easy access to mic levels, easy access to changing picture profiles or white balance or manual focus, you know? like. That's the beauty of these cameras is that you can customize them. And I really do encourage you, like if you are getting a Sony camera to, instead of saying, oh, the menus are too complicated and not learn them, like Google it and see what you want to do with your camera. Yeah. Set up your camera and learn how to use it. Cause honestly it makes it, and I'm still getting used to mine and still setting mine up. And I feel like it takes some time to like tweak those things and figure out what settings and functions you want to have like at the ready. But like Google's your friend, like watch a video. <laughs> Let me Google that for you.com. Yeah. But I mean, like, honestly, I feel like that's the biggest thing people say, like, I never switched to Sony because of the color science and the menus. I'm like, well, have fun. Like you said earlier, you dare people to try to like find where you switched on your Instagram feed. Mm -hmm. They can't. And you know why? Because gear is just a tool. And really, you can achieve your vision with any tool, just some tools you may find easier to achieve that vision or more consistently achieve that vision. Yeah. And it's all what you're used to. If you put like a Panasonic camera in my lap, I would have zero fucking clue because I've never used a Panasonic camera. Am I going to sit here and say Panasonic is shit? Canon's better? I actually used to use Panasonic. Yeah, I remember you had DVX 100. 100. They were revolutionary by bringing 24P to a prosumer camera. Yeah, I remember that. I remember your sequences. And Mm -hmm. I remember that boggling my mind. And that's what kind of like really the first little thing that got me really intrigued with shooting video. Those are the OG cinematic sequences. Mm Mm-hmm. 24p you graded them really golden i remember and i was like (laughs) cool cool okay golden vibes golden vibes lenny bedford asks do you feel the positives video functionality focus mirrorless is worth the negatives color science we've already gone over this yeah it's doesn't matter there it's all positives i don't have it i don't have i couldn't tell you one negative about electronic viewfinder the electronic viewfinder is it that's not even a negative that's just a personal preference a nature of mirrorless yes and that's just something i'm gonna have to get used to Hala Comey asks, was it hard adapting this camera for your photo style? That's an interesting question because I really don't think that the camera has anything to do with the photo style. It's all about the editing and the post-processing and then also how you shoot it. So I think that you can shoot for your photo style with any camera um, as long as you know like what lenses kind of work with your style. Yeah, and like then... focal lengths, choices don't change. Right. Exposure doesn't change. Focus doesn't change. Composition doesn't change. Mm-hmm. It's just the tool that changes. Right. So I don't think I had to do anything to really adapt the camera to my shooting style. I just think that it took me some time to like, like I said, set up the custom buttons and get it to the point where I felt comfortable enough with it that I could fire it up, get the photo in minutes or seconds like I could with my 5D. Other than that, everything happens in Lightroom. Aiden Jazz Hands asks, that's the best handle. Is that really his name? Aiden Jazz Hands. Um, Aiden Jazzhands asks, has your editing process changed? Are you running out of storage? So my editing process, again, like mentioned that earlier, took me a little bit of time to tweak my presets to work on my Sony camera, but... Wait, you use presets? I made my own presets. Becky and Chris presets exist? They're not being sold. (laughs) Don't even ask me, Chris. (laughs) But I had to tweak them to make the skin tones look natural and better. Um, which didn't take long to do. Um, so it wasn't 
um, that wasn't too bad. But um, am I running out of storage space? I noticed um, that our one of our our most recent raid has three terabytes left. It's like forty terabyte bay. Uh oh. I mean, it, that's getting filled up way more just because of the videos. Yeah, I mean, we have like eighteen GoPros now, and like fucking fusion <laughs> clips are massive. But yeah, yes and no. The like fusion the clip from the other day, yeah, was two hundred gigabytes. Jesus Christ! It was like a quarter terabyte essentially. That's insane. Yeah, I'm not running out of space because of the camera. I think we're just shooting a lot of things on all of the cameras, and that's why we're running out of space. But um, so storage isn't like too bad. The files are big, but we have the storage to handle it. Um, the only thing I'm finding is that my computer is really old. So it is, um, the process of processing those photos is a little bit slower, but also my computer's from 2013. 2013 Mac Pro is struggling. Yeah, she's struggling. Struggles but with she struggles everything. with everything. Why? Yeah, she struggles with senior fucking citizen. Chrome. She's a senior. She's just a senior citizen. Poor girl. Yeah. Um, but she's got real cute butt cheeks like you would when you're an old granny and I've time dilated myself and so <laughs> okay this has got, got real weird let's get through the rest of these questions okay sylvia's asking any regrets with the regret with regards to the us r5 coming out soon no regrets zero regrets no regrets no regrets and why not the whole purpose of switching was to consolidate the kit right i have now consolidated the kit having lenses that work on every camera that i own is perfection having all cameras match when i shoot for the most part is perfection having autofocus that's reliable on both my cameras is perfection. Not saying that it won't be on the R5, but the whole purpose was to consolidate. Yeah. Well, here, here's my take on it. It's that the R5 doesn't even exist at this point. No. So it's still vaporware as far as I'm concerned. And even if and when it comes out and it, if it's everything that it's cracked up to be at the price point that it's cracked up to be, that's still good mm -hmm. because I still have a camera that suits my needs. Yeah. That's from Sony. And the only thing that that's going to do is finally that Canon now is getting on the bandwagon and actually innovating in the field. It's like, mm -hmm. it's about time because they've been playing catch up for the last six years. Yeah. I'm excited for the R5 to come out. Yeah. I'm excited to see what they're going to come out with. And I'm really pumped to see what the camera industry is going to be doing over the next year or two and what other types of cameras right. are going to come out. This in is only helping the yes. industry. It's only helping consumers because it forces all the other companies to get their shit together. Yeah and come out with something that competes. Right. And with healthy competition in a marketplace mm -hmm. benefits the consumer. Okay, two more two more questions. I really wanted to answer this one. Scott Brownridge says, would you still recommend Canon for photography? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this podcast episode wasn't meant to like shit on Canon and sell Sony cameras. I We just get a lot of questions about people who really want us to do use the USR or like are pissed off it's that like, we didn't try who it who cares and it's like <laughs> it's gear it's a tool yeah it's like listen de-emphasize the gear it's like listen canon makes phenomenal cameras any camera you buy from them is going to perform their lenses incredible sony incredible cameras great lenses also incredible panasonic lenses. great cameras i don't know about their lenses but whatever like it it does not matter i would 100 percent recommend canon for photographers 100%. If I was just a photographer, like I said before, I probably would not have switched. But listen, they're all making good shit and it's not about the gear. It's literally about what comes out, what comes off that card and comes out of your computer. Mm -hmm. That's what matters. Yeah. Oh, you, you reminded me, I forgot to say before when the last person asked, would you, are you switching to the EOS R5? Yeah. Um, 
I still got to chip my shoulder with Canon. Why? Because they've been purposely, seemingly purposely, crippling their cameras. So, and ultimately not innovating because they can get away with it because they have so much market share. Mm -hmm. But I think finally they're realizing that they're losing, they're hemorrhaging market share to Sony. What, all the while, Sony's been supporting creators. Yes, that's the other thing. Like, I, I love a brand who's going to show up and support their creators. That, that in and of itself is reason to support that brand. Mm -hmm. Just because they, they care about the people who are using the equipment. And not just pro photographers or pro people, you know, like sporting events, things like that. But actual, like, YouTube creators who are doing grassroots stuff mm -hmm. on the ground every day. Well, and I think what's cool too is like they're actually listening to us, you know, like at camera camp, we got to sit down with like the guys from Japan who are literally the ones who are like bringing all this information back and improving these cameras. And they're, they're actually wanting our feedback and wanting to know how we use these cameras so they can better improve them. And they just came out with like that ZV-1 camera. That was like a direct result of camera camp. Like the feedback that we Let as it be known creators, that I didn't ask for the ZV-1. I asked for the, the A7S3. <laughs> <A7S3. laughs> we all asked for the A7S3. But listen, now that the R5 is coming out, I'm really hoping that they'll be like, listen, maybe they have something up their sleeve. Who knows? They have to. I have one more question. Nick Strode's asking, how annoying are all the you'll be back comments? Oh my God. They're almost as annoying as the product shell comments. <laughs> yeah. Even if I did come back, like who cares? Who cares? Somebody the other day You was still like, wouldn't be able to tell where she switched on her Instagram feed. Anyway, hopefully this wasn't too negative and heated, but I just, the camera brand you're shooting literally does not matter. But if you are considering a switch, Hopefully some of the points that we talked about from Canon to Sony help you make that switch or vice versa. Maybe it will help you stay with Canon. Who knows? Either way, it doesn't matter what camera brand you stay with or what camera brand you switch to. It's all about whatever works for you and your workflow. And the Sony cameras work for our workflow. The size of the kit is what works for us. And if you're wondering what I did with my Canon gear, no, I will not give it to you. I gave it to my dad. There you go. <laughs> I um, really need to get some water because my mouth is like. <laughs> what does that even mean? All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to see the video that we talked about earlier in this video on why we made the switch, you can check it out. Uh, the video is linked in our show notes. It's also on our YouTube channel. Um, if you're wondering what these show notes we're talking about, if you go to beckyandchris.com slash podcast and then find the episode number that this is, you'll find all of the links and photos that we mentioned in the podcast there. <laughs>